My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Welcome, Empty Nest Mom, to episode 46, where today we're going to talk about conquering fear in the empty nest. If God's calling us to a second half calling, that can be pretty scary. How are we going to face that fear and walk forward in confidence in His mighty name? Stay tuned. I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional, 31 Days, Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life, so let's help each other figure out what to do next, because we're not done yet. Hey, sister, what is God calling you to do in these empty nest years? You know, that's the tagline to this podcast. We're not done yet. Answering God's call in the second half of life, because I believe he has calls for us. He has places for us to serve his kingdom and to be mighty warriors for him, even in these empty nest years and in the middle age of our life. But it can be scary. In Numbers 13, when the Israelites reach the promised land for the first time, the 12 men who go in and search out the land are leaders. They're not just some random guys chosen from the back of the crowd. They are the ones who had shown to be faithful and who had already proved themselves. Their opinion would matter. And so they had the status to go in and search out the land. Ten of those men, though, who should have been leaders, looked at what was scary in the light of what they could do. But two of the men came back looking at the odds stacked against them in the light of what God could do. And that is our challenge even today. We still face giants. And are we going to look at them in light of what we can do or what God can do? What giants are, are we fearing? What giants keep us from going where God tells us to go and for doing what God directs us to do? What giants are keeping us from our callings? What scary thing looks so big it keeps us from doing what we know God wants us to do? So here's the deal. Just so you know, when you look at this thing and you say that is too hard and is too scary, you're probably right. It probably is too hard for you. Rarely does God call me to do something that I can do in my own strength. It's a place where he meets me and enables me. Yet even after experiencing that over and over again, the fact that he shows up and that he enables me to do what he calls me, I can still look at these giants I face and quake and tremble and think this is crazy and I don't want to do this. So what do we do when we see the giants in the land? They can look different in different situations. They kind of transform into whatever it is that we are the most afraid of. What do your giants look like? It's beneficial, I think, to identify them because that's the only way to fight them. 
My giants pretty much always look like some version of the giant named fear. I fear looking foolish. I fear missing God's call. I fear disappointing others. I fear disappointing the Lord. I fear wasting my life. For most of my life, I didn't identify those fears and the host of others I wasn't, you know, going to name. I didn't think of those as giants. But then I realized if I allow them to block me from advancing into the places that God's calling me, that's exactly what they are. And I'm acting like those 10 scared guys instead of the two brave ones. When I observe outside issues and allow those to steer my decisions, I'm looking at the giants instead of the most high God. Listen to Psalm 138.3. It says, on the day I called, you answered, you made me bold with strength in my soul. Isn't it a relief to find a solution to our quaking knees? We call to our strength and he makes our soul bold. And my bold soul willingly faces giants in Jesus' name. In Numbers 13, we find the Israelites on the border of the promised land. They are where God told them he was taking them. They'd experienced all the miracles in Egypt. They'd had water come coming come out of a rock. They'd quail had fallen from the sky so they could eat. At the Red Sea, they had observed Egypt, the giant of the ancient world, with its chariots and its warriors, topple in the face of God's mighty power. And now the Israelites face tribal people whose walled cities must have looked like anthills compared to the pyramids that they had actually built. Moses sends those 12 men in and they observe the bounty of the land and it matches the Lord's promises. But the strength of the inhabitants scare them. They see what they aren't, what they can't, and so they won't. They won't trust the Lord. They won't follow his lead. They won't possess what he has given. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said in Numbers 13, 30, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. I just love Caleb. Not only does he want to go occupy, he wants to do it right now, not after a plan or preparation. What gives him confidence that they'll be able to overcome He had observed the exact same things those 10 scared guys did. And they said the land through which we have gone to spy it is a land devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw are of great height. We seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them. That's Numbers 13, 32 and 33. And that's one thing they got correct. They were like grasshoppers, and so are we, but not compared to other people. We are grasshoppers compared to God. Isaiah 40, 22 says, It is he who stretches above the circle of the earth, and his inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. What this means is that in the Lord's eyes, those giants are grasshoppers just like we are. (laughs) just like us. We are all grasshoppers in his sight and therefore he can take care of us and he can protect us. If we look at those giants compared to ourselves, we will run and hide. But compare those to the Lord, our soul can be bold. 
Joshua and Caleb understood this. They tried to encourage the people in Numbers 14, 8 and 9. They say, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. How do we conquer fear in the empty nest? Caleb and Joshua willingly faced giants, not because they thought themselves strong enough, not because they were full of their own strength. But it was because they allowed the Lord's delight in them to be their strength. He will accomplish this work. They just needed to follow and obey. And the solution is the same for us. Follow and obey. So what are your giants? You really should name them. It makes a big difference when I can name the giants that are keeping me from following God's plan. Here are some giants that I've observed that are crippling God's warriors, especially his middle-aged, empty nest, not sure what is next, warriors. Past failures, failed or failing marriages, rebelling kids, financial difficulties, bitterness, disillusionment, weariness, fear of this changing world. Fear of what your husband or children or family or friends will think if you do something crazy for Jesus. Or even worse, just apathy, just tired and not willing to fight anymore. This list could stretch for pages, but I bet you can identify at least one of these that seems too big and strong to conquer. It has the ability to send you scurrying back across the border of your promised land, robbing you of all desire to return. Last week, in episode 45, I posted my first interview. I interviewed a good friend, Allison Weeks, who has begun a beautiful podcast um, called The Art of Home, looking at homemaking and all of the gifts that it has. In her empty nest years, this is what she is doing to try and add beauty to the world. And I have some more great interviews coming. All of these are women who look at the giants in the empty nest land and decide to trust the Lord instead. Remember the 10 scared spies and all the people who listened to their bad report had just come from slavery and hardship. They traversed the desert on the long road to Canaan. If they turned around from this border, it would be to head right back into the desert and all of its privations. That fact stops me in my tracks. Maybe the giants ahead of me look dangerous and terrifying, but the desert behind me only holds barrenness. Why would I return there? God's way with us is forward across the river into the land of giants where he will make us bold with strength in our soul. To thrive in our second half, we must believe that he's leading us. We must allow the past to remain where it is. It can hold its precious memories of our family. And you know, with a sweet forgetfulness of time, it takes on this lovely rose-colored glow, and we forget about the difficulties, just like the Israelites forgot about the slavery. They said, let's go back to Egypt. You were slaves there. But the past can also act like an accuser. It says we're disqualified. We messed up. We failed. We can't go into this new place. But our way is not to turn around and wish for the past or be crippled by the past. 
We stand now on the bank of the River Jordan. This new place Jesus points us to is on the other side where we will definitely face giants, but never alone and never only in our own strength. The Israelites allowed fear to keep them from their purpose. Their children would need to do their job because they balked at the opportunity. I would rather fight the battle so that my kids can build. Only Caleb and Joshua of their entire generation had that opportunity. As God passes judgment, he says, but my servant Caleb, because he is a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Numbers 14, 24. I want, like Caleb, a different spirit. Come on, let's be the ones in our generation who trust the Lord and pursue his callings. I want a spirit that sees giants in the light of the Lord's power. I want a spirit that will fight to stay in God's will with a bold soul. I want a spirit that sees this new season of life as an opportunity to go in and take the land. Whatever land it is that Jesus assigns me to take. What giants are you facing? Look at them in light of God's power in your life. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet.